You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chuck Carlson. Most evangelical or dispensational churches were or are being neutralized by selling them on Zionism as a part of their faith. The result has been a mass Christian Zionist movement that accepts almost anything the state of Israel does to its unarmed and defenseless Palestinian minority as God's will. Of course, these actions in Palestine are spilling over into the entire oil-producing Middle East and even beyond, which are being threatened by this state that is now accepted by most evangelical churches. However, control over the mainline churches, the old traditional ones that existed first, whose theology usually has been captured and dictated by Zionist Israel in a very different control pattern and produces a different problem for the Zionists to finance and to control. We Hold These Truths finds everywhere mainline churches that can see through the brutality of the Jewish state of Israel almost as clearly as they would see through a wife beating and killing on the church lawn. Uh, It is our job to help them look. Um, And tonight, Craig Hansen is going to give us an account of one of these churches, the Christ Church United Methodist in Santa Rosa, California, that recently entertained what appeared to be a very informative program by one Grace Chung Schumann. And she writes, I have been interested in learning about the unending conflict between Israel and the Palestinians in the Middle East, but no amount of research could prepare me to feel so deeply as when I finally observed and experienced the humanitarian disaster and despair in the area. Craig was at this church, and this, by the way, is not a huge church. This is like most of the churches we're seeing who are taking action, a relatively small church. Craig was there to talk to the people there and and give us his appraisal of how they're doing in terms of understanding what's going on in the Middle East and what is being done to control them through this Zionist mechanism. Craig, tell us about it. Well, thank you, Chuck. Yeah, it was a a fairly small gathering, about 50 to 60 people or so, and it was entitled Despair and Hope, My Dual Narrative Trip to Israel and Palestine. And uh, like you said, that was talk and slideshow by this photographer, Grace Schulman. What was really interesting about it is that her presentation was so heartfelt and the pictures just capture the expression. You read part of that. I'll just pick up a little bit more of that flyer that, that went with it. Grace says, I just came back from a 10-day trip organized by American Friends of Combatants for Peace. 
Now, that's an organization that I'm embarrassed that I didn't know about, Combatants for Peace. It's former Israeli soldiers and Palestinians who have been involved in the uh, conflict in a violent way, and both sides have come to realize that violence is not the answer, it is not the solution to the conflict. And it was very refreshing to see people understand that killing innocent people is not right, it's not right on either, either side. The suicide bombs, the bombing is not right for the Palestinians, and in shooting unarmed Palestinians by Israeli snipers is not right either. And so it was really refreshing to hear that coming from both sides. What she said, for the past two years, I've been interested in learning about the unending conflicts between Israel and Palestinians in the Middle East, and like you said, Chuck, but no amount of research could prepare me to feel so deeply when I finally observed and experienced the humanitarian disaster. And what was interesting about her tour is that she met with all kinds of people. In the next paragraph of the flyer, she says, we met with local people on both sides of the conflict. I shared meals at the homes of local families, an Orthodox rabbi, a Palestinian peace activist, and Palestinian nonviolence resistant villagers at a makeshift camp. I was offered tea by Palestinian refugees who have been driven from their village homes. I listened to personal stories of both Israeli and Palestinian peace activists sitting side by side. I listened to lectures by a peace activist, a Zionist academic, an ex-member of the Israeli Knesset, a leftist rabbi, an imam on Temple Mount, and the spokesman of the president of the Palestinian Authority. It was a very intense journey at once physically, intellectually, and emotionally draining. Halfway around the world, from this conflict zone, the United States is deeply entangled in this struggle. As a photographer, I feel it is my responsibility to bear witness to the conflict and to raise awareness about our country's involvement in the political situation in the region. We, as American citizens, must know the truth so that we can do what is right in order to uphold the human rights of the oppressed. That says so much. In the pictures, I can't remember who said it before, but in the whole Middle East conflict, the Israelis lose the battle of pictures because the, the pictures capture so much of the suffering from the settlements high on the hillside to the, the uh, basically the squalor forced upon the Palestinians with their uh, water tanks on top of their humble homes because the Israelis have taken all the water and so they don't seem to get very little water. And what they do get, they have to store in tanks so that they have some water available. The disparity uh, between both sides of the wall, and she spent quite a bit of time in the West Bank and talked a lot about uh, zones A, B, and C, which I, I don't think I could really identify all right now. But the discrimination against the Palestinians, I mean, from the, where they drive, the license plates, the, you know, there's a Palestinian license plate and then there's a uh, Jewish license plate and the roads that the, uh, the Israelis can drive on, the Jewish Israelis, but not the Palestinians, and the separation wall, which in Hebrew is you know, it's, it's an apartheid. It's, a, it's an apartheid wall that they've got separated around. And the, the Bethlehem, it's so sad what's, what's happened in Bethlehem, and it's just so segmented as this wall goes around and around and around. And it, she makes it, it shows the picture really clear that um, you can always tell where you are on which side of the wall, because if you look the uh, Israeli side of the wall, it's clean. There's nothing on it. But on the Palestinian side, there's all kinds of uh, uh, graffiti, and not the kind of graffiti from gang graffiti. It's, it's graffiti of struggle 
of resistance to the occupation. There's a picture of Nelson Mandela on the wall. And, and one, it's, it's really interesting, it shows a Christmas tree with presents around it with a wall all around the Christmas tree signifying how the little town of Bethlehem has been completely engulfed by this wall. So she had many, many pictures of, of storefronts that are just, uh, and I, I think, you know, Tom, you probably saw some of those things, where you come out on the storefront and here's this 30-foot, the 200-hour that tall, that wall right across the street. You know, it's just huge right in, right in your face. And it really has decimated the, the economy of the Palestinians. The one thing that really got me, she went up to one of the uh, Palestinian villages and she interviewed this woman who had basically kind of looking down at her field, that were still her field, but they had been totally destroyed by the IDF. And there was a uh, IDF, not a convoy, but a, uh, just a little troop group of about five or six guys in their jeep. And they, of course, are looking at binoculars at, at the tourists and the Palestinians up there. You know, what, what are they doing? And the Palestinians were coming down to plant trees on this area. And so the IDF guys started shooting tear gas just get them away. And this whole notion of this asymmetrical warfare, and this is what keeps coming to mind for me whenever I hear that and see that, is how these IDF people, the whole Jewish, Israeli, whatever you want to call this thing, this is Talmudic Judaism. It has no relationship to the, the Hebraic teachings of the Bible when God said, you know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth was to limit the punishment to fit the crime. And today in Israel, it's so asymmetrical. You throw a stone at me, I'm going to drop a rocket on your house and murder you. And I just saw that in the arrogance of these young IDF soldiers shooting these tear gas canisters into a, basically a peaceful, I mean, planting a tree. I mean, that is really a threat to the Israel sovereignty. You know, it's just like, you've got to be kidding me. It's just total control and intimidation and it comes through very clear. And also what comes through is the hospitality of the Palestinians and how they reached out you know, to this lady and, and the group that she was with. Your heart just goes out and bleeds for these people. And then where do you go from here? It's very disheartening when you see what our country is doing and how we're no longer an honest broker for peace. And this new peace plan of Jared Kushner is so demoralizing and just, beating the uh, Palestinians down even further. So I hope that the message can get out. That I, I would love to hear Grace's talk be put on YouTube or something because she's such an excellent communicator and her slideshow was just, and it's her own work, so it was, it was really good. So um, that's kind of it for the event last night. I would highly recommend looking into this American Friends of Combatants for Peace. Like I said, I hadn't heard of it before. Have uh, any of you guys ever heard of Combatants for Peace? No, no, I have not, Craig. But there are more organizations like Breaking the Silence, our former Israeli soldiers that are spoken out against these kinds of actions. And just to kind of confirm what the, this grace presented there during my month-long stay in Israel, based in Bethlehem, I certainly saw this wall looms over the city. It is literally walling in the birthplace of uh, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's just, it, it, it's really heartbreaking. And the thing that's really heartbreaking is that 
the for the most part the evangelicals that take their trip to the uh, holy land uh, don't get the side of the story about what the palestinians have to endure as you mentioned this issue of water the israelis control over 85 percent of the water i think it's even much higher than in that than that in the west bank which is supposed to belong to the palestinians and you mentioned the a b and c areas well these were the designations put into place with the Oslo Accords in 1993, the area A are the cities like Bethlehem that were to be controlled exclusively by the, the Palestinians. The B area would have joint control by Israel and Palestine. And the C area is the military area and that constitutes about 60% of the West Bank. And in that area, Palestinians can't get building permits, for example, and they're denied water. And I saw that in a Bedouin camp that we visited right next to an Israeli settlement. And so the settlers have their own dedicated roads that the Palestinians can't uh, drive on, and they have water, and they have electricity in these areas in this sea they're at the mercy of the Israeli defense forces. And so these tourists don't see that. They only see the Israeli side of the story. Even if they have a an Arab tour guide when they get into, say, Bethlehem, they can't say anything about what's going on because they would lose their job. But there's this control of silence. And yeah. so it's very encouraging to hear that Christians like this meeting right here are hearing about these things. Just educating people is so terribly important is to the reality of what's going on there because most American evangelical Christians have really gotten their head stuck in the sand because of this theological basis of Christian Zionism that Chuck described earlier. Craig, what was the response of the 60 or so church people who were present at this program? Yeah, Chuck, I didn't see anyone or hear anyone that would disagree with anything that Grace said. I hate to say it, but in a sense, she was preaching to the choir because these people were there because they do know about the situation and they just want more information. And so they were there because they understand that this is a conflict, that America is not an honest peace broker, and that we are in this country and we need to stand up and say no more, not in our name. So that's kind of what the sentiment was. However, as far as the questions go, just some questions maybe that that she couldn't even understand, like what is the the role of the military and how old are they? There's more some technical questions that, you know, she is a photographer and as as a guest that really didn't have answers to those. The people were just really supportive of her and wanting to get this message out. And it's like the, the sad part is, guys, is that this is a minority message. This is not getting out because the evangelical churches are so loud in their proclamation of go, go, go Israel. Okay, but Craig, we're talking here about the United Methodist Church, which we classify as a mainline church. Generally, most of them would not have the Christian Zionist hang-up uh, right. In their theology, they would be open to the notion that 
what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong, murder is murder, so on. Is that what you found there? Oh, exactly. There's no theological conflict with what Grace was presenting at all. And this is such a huge disparity with what we have learned in the dispensational or the evangelical churches, where just to listen to this kind of a presentation would be considered heresy in a lot of Baptist churches or Mm -hmm. independent dispensational churches that we've come to know as Christian Zionists. Mm -hmm. So we look at this mainline or traditional churches, even the Roman Catholics, as having the possibility of catching on to what's going on there, which is why it's so encouraging to see a church like this do something like this. One of the interesting pictures that she did show was of the wall and a quote from Martin Luther King, and it's a kind of a black and white stencil on the wall, and it says this, to ignore evil is to become accomplice to it. And that is the message I think we need to get to the evangelical church, that what Israel is doing is evil, and by you supporting it, you are an accomplice to evil. And do you think that's pleasing the Lord? I think you're right. I think that's not too strong a message to have for them. Craig, I would like to offer for anyone that listens to this message, we would urge you to take a look at the documentary Open Bethlehem. And we'll have a link on our site. There's actually a 30-minute condensed version that you can watch for free. But it talks about the plight of what's happening, as, as Craig just discussed, in Bethlehem, that it is literally being walled off. And it's a but bizarre time, wall. We have Tragedy and Turning, which has a scene from Gaza. One of the uh, pictures that Grace showed was the refugee camp that's just outside of Bethlehem. And over the entrance to the, it almost looks like a ghetto, frankly, is this big, huge key. And I think it says like 194 or something, which is the UN resolution, which basically allows the refugees to return back to their homes after Israel became a state. And so the, the key is there with the resolution number on it. And these people are still in these refugee camps. And it's amazing how the uh, Zionists claim right of return 4,000 years, um, which they can't prove anyway. And then these are people that actually have the keys to their own homes, and they're, they've passed, they're passed down from generation to generation. So we're looking at uh, three, four generations now that the key has been passed down, and they can't get back to their homeland. Craig, uh, actually, that is the Ida camp. It's right next to the wall there. And and my group went into that refugee camp. It's very crowded. It's not the largest. The largest one is Daesh. I don't know if I pronounced that right. It has 15,000 people in one square kilometer. I think there's about 5,000 in the Ida camp. And it's quite remarkable. The interesting thing I mentioned earlier is that the uh, Area A are under control of Palestine, but these refugee camps are susceptible to frequent incursions by the Israeli military. They typically, according to our guide in Daesh camp, they come in every two to three nights after midnight, sometime early in the morning, to arrest a child for allegedly throwing rocks or they they have what they call administrative detention, where they don't even have to have a, a reason. They can make an arrest, and they can hold them for long periods of time. 
Craig, why don't you give us a final wrap-up on this? As I started, the title of this presentation was Despair and Hope, My Dual Narrative Trip to Israel and Palestine. And it's so obvious to see the despair and just the, the beating down. But in the midst of that despair, hope, the Palestinians interviewed, they're hopeful that things will change because they see people like Grace coming there. They see groups like Combatants for Peace coming to the forefront and seeing Israelis and Palestinians in dialogue together. So that is bringing hope. And her part where she says the dual narrative, I think that's so important because, like you said, Tom, people go there for their Israeli tours and they see the Holy Land, they, they walk where Jesus walked, and they see a Holy, whatever they go, and it's a sanitized tour, and they don't see the, the suffering and the, the oppression of the Palestinians by the IDF. So this truly was a dual narrative trip. She got to see both sides, and I look forward to hearing more discussions from people that are really getting into the, the Palestinian side as well. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1.